trying to find the monsters in. It's at California Adventure. Uh-huh. Remember that big marble warehouse? It's right next to it. Oh, it closed. Remember we passed it and we were like, oh, that's kind of fun if you do that and then it's closed because everything was closing? I'm still... That was so stupid. The one time we're there. I know. Absolutely ridiculous. Alright, are you ready? Welcome back to What I'm Afraid Of. I'm Kylie. I'm Nathan. Um, I have to start off with another correction because clearly I don't know my own life. Um, I said I've never been on a cab before. That's not correct. The same trip that I was wrong about which cake TV show that I went to. I also rode on a cab with my family to go see the Chelsea game at the Baltimore Stadium. So, I have no recollection of this, but it happened. Yeah, it's okay. How was your week, babe? It was good. You were in town with me. I was. I'll be out of town next week. Mm-hmm. I've been out of town a lot this month. I know. And then I'll be out of town a lot next month, too. Shut up. Well, next month we will both be out of town, which is exciting. I wonder if picked up that stomach growl. <laughs> yeah, we're going to Disney World next month. Very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. What are you most excited for at Disney World? Let's see. You can only pick one thing. What is your absolute, you have to do this, this trip? Probably the new Ratatouille ride. My, my top two is the Ratatouille ride and the foods at the current Epcot festival. So I think Epcot's my, my day. Yeah. You know. When we did that. I feel like there was a food we wanted to try this time. At Universal? Yeah. And Harry Potter. We want Oh, you want the butterbeer cream. I do want the ice cream for sure. No. I'd never seen that cream thing before. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, in that little jar. The potted cream? Yeah. Oh, you don't want it. You just thought it was weird. I'd never... Well, if I have the opportunity, I'll eat it. If anybody is wondering if Disneyland or Disney World is better, I would like everyone to know that Disneyland is currently selling frozen guacamole on a popsicle stick. And it's repulsive to look at. I haven't tried it because I don't believe in it. And we haven't been to California lately, but... Did we just become a Disney podcast? <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Today's fear is another place. I want you to try to guess it. I'm not cut all this out if you're unsuccessful. A city? Yeah. Okay, let's say... It's on the East Coast. And I have been there. Those are your hints. Okay. We've been there. Washington, D.C. No. Ooh, I have a really good case for that, though. I need to write that down. Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Yes. I'm so good. Myrtle Beach. I've been to a lot growing up. We lived in the Raleigh area of North Carolina, and I grew up here, so it's a classic spot. Whenever we do go, we always go to North Myrtle. I think there was one time in my life that we ever stayed in actual Dirty Myrtle, which is what people often call it. Um, it's great during the daytime. The boardwalk is super fun. Gone henna tattoos there. There's a Ripley's Believe It or Not museum there. We didn't go to the boardwalk when we went because we went mid-COVID. And we stayed in North Myrtle and just at the beach. So we'd have to go again to see the boardwalk. But like many cities, when the night comes around, that's why they call it Dirty Myrtle. Just kind of a sketchy area. Yeah. And this case, 
ever since I heard it has been one that just like stands out in my mind and terrifies me. This is the case of Brittany Drexel. My sources are The Murder Squad, The Disappeared Blog, True Crime Daily, My Hoary News, I think Hoary's the name of the county that Little Beach is in, uh, The Morbid Podcast, and Democrat and Chronicle newspaper. On October 7th, 1991, Brittany Drexel was born in Rochester, New York. In 2009, the year that this case takes place, she was 17, she was a junior in high school, and she played on the soccer team. Her ambitions at the time were to become a cosmetologist, a model, or a nurse. Those were kind of the avenues she was. I think she was taking cosmetology classes, which is impossible in my high school. But was that something that you guys could do in high school in Utah? Like take classes to... I don't know about cosmetology, but they were definitely like... I forget what they're called, but I never did it. But it was like you'd have your fourth period or last period of the day where you'd go to a campus or a oh, like specific an or it's basically like an internship i knew a lot of girls that i was friends with went and did like dental stuff where they're like dental uh, hygienists i know this girl i follow on youtube from utah did like nail tech things in high school but yeah i'm sure it's more and more common anyways she also had a boyfriend whose name was john and they've been dating for three years she had her mom don her stepdad chad who adopted her they got married and she was very young and her two youngest siblings. The year before, Chad and Don had separated and filed for divorce. This was really, really hard on Brittany and it affected her mental health and her grades. She started losing interest in soccer as well. Because when, I mean, her dad adopted her when she was so, so young that it was, Chad is just her dad. That sucks. You know, she had persistent hyperplastic primary vitreous. Another, I don't, I'll get there, but another eye condition that I'm hoping I'm pronouncing correctly. Okay. It made her blind in one eye, and it discolored one of her eyes, so she wore blue contacts in both eyes so that they looked the same. That's cool. So she had these piercing blue eyes. In 2009, Brittany asked her mom if she could go with her friends to Myrtle Beach for spring break. Her mom immediately said no. <laughs> she said that there was no parental supervision on the planned trip, and she told her daughter if she went, something would happen to her. Wow. She later calls it a premonition. Brittany was very upset, and the mother-daughter fought for days about this. And eventually, Brittany asked her mom if she could go stay at a friend's house during spring break, just to, like, get away for spring break after this huge fight, just to feel like she was doing something else. And her mom agreed, um, talked on the phone to the friend's mom, quote-unquote, because it was not actually the friend's mom. Oh. Uh, because Brittany went to Myrtle Beach anyways. As stubborn high school kids would. Mm -hmm. Brittany's boyfriend, John, knew about it. He was staying in Rochester for spring break, so he knew about it, but he did keep it a secret. April Ain't no snitch. <laughs> April 23rd, 2009, Brittany arrives at Myrtle Beach with Jennifer, Philip, and Alana. Alina? A-L-L-A-N-A. They were staying at Bay Harbor Resort, which is on North Ocean Avenue. Brittany called her mom and said that she was at the beach with friends. Her mom decided it was the local beach near their home, so that didn't weird her out. On April 25th, which is the last day of the trip, she called her mom and told her that she loved her and that she would see her tomorrow. Brittany stopped by the Blue Water, which is a different hotel, to visit a friend named Peter. 
who's a 20-year-old also from Rochester who works as a club promoter there. Then she went to the beach with Peter and his friends. That night, she returned to the Blue Water to pick up flip-flops that she had left behind. At 8.30 p.m., surveillance tapes show Brittany entering the Blue Water. That's her. Mm-hmm. At 8.45, those same surveillance tapes show her leaving. After she left, she continued texting John. At 9.15 p.m., she sent John a text telling him that she was going to see other friends, and then she stopped responding. John started to get worried to the point that he texted her that if she didn't respond, he would call her mom. Dang. She didn't respond, and so he called Brittany's mom. Basically, he called her and said, Hey, Brittany's not with her friend. She's in Myrtle Beach, and I have no idea where she is. We can't find her. So it must have been very unusual for her to not respond. Yes. Brittany's mother and stepdad immediately left to go to Myrtle Beach, but they contacted a family friend who was a Marine station in North Carolina to start heading there first since he was closer. So he got there first, told the police what happened, and got the investigation started. Good. Don says that they also called Peter a few times in that little time period, and he said that he wasn't her babysitter. None of the girls that Brent, none of the girls that Brittany went with, were answering any of the calls from Don. Also scary. Usually, in cases like this, the police react slowly because they assume the teenagers at runaway, especially since she already ran away from home to go to Myrtle Beach. That's exactly what I was thinking of. I was, I was thinking, I'm. Good on the police for taking it seriously. They took it seriously immediately. The investigation started right away, and they started talking to the girls that Brittany was with on the trip. They said that they weren't concerned because all of her clothes were still in the hotel, and because they hadn't been spending all that much time together on the trip, I guess they were all splitting up during the day and hanging out with different friends. The next day, April 26th, the police go to talk to the boys that she had been with at the Blue Water. I see this is the next day. This is like midnight. So, like, just yeah. still just a couple hours later, but technically the next day. They spoke to all of the boys except for Peter, who had checked out at 1 a.m., went home, and hired a lawyer. Really? Mm-hmm. Searches happened for the next 11 days. What? Air searches, water searches, ground searches, sonar searches. They searched nearby towns and cities and beaches and swamps and everything with no sign of Brittany Drexel. And Peter's just chilling with his lawyer. Mm-hmm. The police pulled her phone records. There was a ping on her phone that happened about an hour and a half after the surveillance tape showed her leaving the Blue Water, and it showed her seven miles south of Myrtle Beach. The next ping, about an hour later, so right before midnight, was 50 miles south of Myrtle Beach. Wow. In a small town near Charleston. And we know the difference between those. Myrtle Beach and Charleston are... Yeah, that's almost the northern part of the state and the southern part of the state. Yeah, they're a hike away. Searches continued for six months, but eventually tips and leads dried out, and the searches ended. In 2013, Don moved to Myrtle Beach to be closer to the case. In 2016, the FBI became the lead investigators on the case, and they got a lead from a jailhouse informant. His name was Taquan Brown. Brown was in for a 25-year sentence for voluntary manslaughter, he tells the FBI that Brittany was kidnapped near the Blue Water. She was taken south and held there for four days. He says that she was taken with the intent to sell her to sex trafficking. The plan went wrong when her case was made into such a big deal. Everybody was looking for her. He says he knows this because two days after Brittany went missing, he went to see Sean Taylor, who 
owned this hideout that Brittany was being kept at to make him a drug payment. He says he saw a girl matching Brittany's description being sexually assaulted by several men in the home, including Sean Taylor's son. But because everyone was looking for her, Brown says that Taylor shot her, killed her, and put her body in an alligator pit. Oh my goodness. Brown later sued the FBI because the agents that he spoke to did not keep him anonymous. And so he was labeled as a snitch and it put his life in danger in prison. That has nothing to do with the case, but it's just an interesting um, kind of dichotomy of like, we don't trust the people that are jailhouse informants a lot because we're like, well, what are they getting out of it? But then at the same time, if their name gets leaked, they're in danger. So why would they ever do it? It's a whole thing. So the FBI tells Brady's family that she's most likely dead. That's and that's the first time that conclusion has ever been come to. They searched the house where she was allegedly being kept, along with all the surrounding alligator pits, but nothing was found. Taylor's taken in for questioning, and he claimed to never have met Brittany. He also says that he never saw Brown. He also says he didn't even know who Brown was. In March 2018, he took a polygraph and failed it, but he had... <coughs> but he has never been charged with anything related to Brittany's disappearance. Coincidentally, air quotes around that, Taylor's father was arrested for allegedly kidnapping a young girl in the same place that Brittany was last seen. That's crazy. He was arrested because apparently he had an alibi. But that coincidence is quite a coincidence. Yeah. Ultimately, the statement from Brown turned up no new evidence, but her case was officially declared as a homicide rather than a missing girl. Now we're going to talk about some things and some people closer to the trip and to Brittany that have come out since. Most, Most of this is from Dawn speaking out. Okay. Dawn says that she believes Brittany was goaded into going to Myrtle Beach. The girls that she met with were very popular seniors. She says that she believes Brittany was offered something if she would come. Most likely, they told Brittany that they would all be doing the modeling gig together, which is something Brittany was trying to get into. Oh, that's terrible. Two of the boys staying with Peter say that that night they saw Brittany arguing with Jen on the phone. Jen is one of the girls in the group. I don't even know if that was one of the names I read at the beginning. Could be a girl just in a different room. Yeah. Anyways. They were arguing about Brittany wearing a pair of shorts that belonged to Jen. To the point that Brittany left the hotel on foot that night to bring Jen her shorts back. A 1.4 mile walk. At night. In Myrtle Beach. Alone. Alone. As you're a young girl. That's terrifying. Yes. Dawn says that making that walk alone is just not something that Brittany would have done. She says even if she was going just eight houses down, she would have made her mom drive her yeah it's also weird that peter didn't offer her a ride apparently he just waved her off then he dipped by 1 a.m and had a lawyer so suspicious a listener of the morbid podcast from rochester wrote in an email and said that she was at a party with jen and alana elena two weeks after britney disappeared everyone was clearly talking about it and jen said quote well, she shouldn't have taken... Oh, hold on. 
And Jen said, quote, she shouldn't have taken my shorts, end quote. What a rude thing to say. Very insensitive. The email goes on to say that the girls were probably just sick of people talking about it and everyone thought that Brittany had just left on her own, but still. Yeah. Not nice. To this day, Don has not heard from any of the girls that Brittany went with or their parents. Brittany's little sister has recurring dreams of seeing Brittany in a dark room, drugged. Don and Brittany's grandparents on both sides believe that she was trafficked. And before I get into some of this final information, um, a big... It's called a conspiracy theory, but I don't... If Because we have no idea what happened, I think all of them are just theories at this point. Yeah. Some of them believe that the girls that Brittany went with sold her into sex trafficking. Like, set her up to be walking alone that night. Yeah, that would be a really big conspiracy theory. It's really big. And if you listen to the Morbid podcast, they really go into that. They have gotten some scrutiny for how harshly they go into those teenage girls. I'm not going to comment on that. Sucks either way. Yes. The other very similar theory is that the girls slash the guys from Rochester, most specifically Peter, who was a club promoter, um, sent Brittany to finish out a drug deal, like either to go drop off the drugs or the money or pick something up. Um, and the person just took her. Like a crime of opportunity? Yeah. Like, oh, they didn't send this big, tough club promoter here. They sent this innocent 17-year-old girl who is gorgeous. Yeah. Let's take her instead. Really sucks. And when she didn't come back, Peter bounced. Yeah. Dawn's mother started a nonprofit called Britney's Little Angels that supports families whose children are missing or suspected to have been trafficked. Her case has a $25,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of whoever is responsible. And if you have any information regarding the disappearance of Brittany Drexel, they ask that you contact the Myrtle Beach Police Department at 843-918-1000 or call the FBI tip line at 1-800-CALL-FBI. This is a short episode because there's just not a lot of information. Yeah. And it's hard because obviously, like, the ones with as little information about this cause me fear because it's like she just vanished and still nobody knows exactly what happened. She walked out of the hotel room alone at night mm -hmm. in a town. Who knows how familiar she is with it. She could have gotten lost. She could have asked someone for directions. There could have been someone purposely there for her. There could have been just a crime of opportunity. There could have been a lot of things happen. And the thing is, when I was listening to this, obviously not victim blaming, because it's the fault of whoever took her, when, whoever did something to her. But I was like, why didn't she just get a ride? But then also, Myrtle Beach, one of, uh, one of the busy roads, at 9.15 at night, on spring break, there's people there. Yeah. The bars have barely started popping. Yeah. You know? She probably was like, well, if anything were to happen, there's a ton of people around me. Yeah. Which is part of the reason people think that she was going to meet somebody 
and willingly like follow them into an alley to do something or metaphor you know yeah because they're like if she was just like taken in a car she would have screamed and there's people on the streets for the bars on spring break yeah it's just a reminder from this tragedy that you need to always be with someone and when you're in a town that you're not familiar with you need to walk with purpose you need to have your head on a swivel be smart yeah before all this and it's also a reminder to not kidnap high school girls yeah on one end you need to be accountable for yourself and on the other hand you need to be accountable for other people he's not victim blaming He's saying this because when people ask me why I like true crime, I say because I like to look at the case and figure out how I could not become a victim of that specific type, like type of crime. Which is why cases where the husband did it is my favorite because I'm not concerned about that one. Uh-huh. But it's just terrifying. And it's a short case, but it's a case that needs to be told because it's still not solved. If you want a more in-depth look into it that goes a lot more into the theories i just more wanted to present the facts and briefly go over some theories yeah but the morbid podcast actually has two episodes on it rather than one almost mini one like this one so yeah if you want a ton of information and a ton of speculation you can go there i think crime junkie also has an episode but that's the case of Brittany jackson wow yeah makes me understand a little more why you're scared of myrtle beach terrified it's very scary. Sun goes down, we're in the hotel. Usually how it goes. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes pretty much anywhere except Disney. At Disney, we can go any time of night. Yeah. Never be in a bad mood at Disney. Well, that's not true. <laughs> I get hangry. Yes. Now that there are more options available to eat. Quick mini story at the end of this episode. Our first like big trip to disney world together was in 2020 right yes when they were still having you mask outdoors and indoors like and they hadn't opened a lot of food places so we went to hollywood studios and the only thing open for the first couple of hours was freaking blue milk which is fine like it tastes fine but i was so hungry <laughs> i was very very grumpy that's not an issue anymore but do you want me to send you the picture of you with the blue milk what picture? Have I not showed it to you? No. <laughs> Let me pull this up oh real quick. Gosh. It's one of my favorite pictures of you. Is it a grumpy picture? Yes. Oh my god. I don't look that grumpy. You don't. Did you take it because I was grumpy? Yes. <laughs> and it was your first time trying blue mode. My arm like by my side does make me look like I'm just pissed. I'm not looking at you. <laughs> One of your high school friends commented on that and was like, I think it was off the check, but she was like, oh my gosh, your wife is so pretty. Aww. I'm even pretty when I'm grumpy. Alright. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you for the next fear. Bye, everyone. Bye.